Drogba in der Mitte, da Schneider, Schneider Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Lion's Den, a Galatasaray podcast done by the community for the community. From all around Floria, I'm your host Samet and give a big applause to my fellow podcast members. We have from New York, America, our mobster Emre. How are you doing Emre? Doing good, doing good. How are you doing Samo? We never really ask you how you're ever doing. How are you doing? You know, thank you for asking. 26 episodes and you're the first one to actually ask. I'm doing excellent. I don't think I've told the listeners this, but I'm becoming a dad. So I have this note at home and it has the gender of my soon-to-be child. Tomorrow, actually, we're going to know what gender it is. So maybe next week I'll, uh, I'll break the news. Maybe we should put our predictions in too. <laughs> you know what? That's actually a good good point. Yeah. No, I, it was actually today, the gender reveal. But mm-hmm. I said, no can do. I have a podcast. Can't let anyone wait. So thanks for asking, Emre. Welcome, bro. Bromance moment. Indeed, indeed. No Yasin. He got scared last time. And we basically had a fight. So he's not joining us anymore. We're going to find a <laughs> good What happened? He couldn't handle the, the pressure? Nah, he just can't. He just can't. So... I mean, he, he's not a real Galatasaray fan anyway, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Damn. Exactly. He just had to say it. So with that said, we got Coach Canada all the way from Toronto. Mr. Qualifications, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I said Coach yes. Canada. It's Coach John. Coach John from Canada. Thank exactly. you. Happy to be back. Happy to hear uh, tomorrow's the big day. Looking forward to it. And just for the record as well, officially... My prediction is a girl. Just saying. All right. Okay. That's Coach John's prediction. If All you right. want it, so we'll see. Maybe next week, if you're up to it, you'll you'll let us know. But uh, that's my official prediction. All right. All right. And then we got Sally from the Netherlands. What's your prediction, Sally? My prediction will be that the deal is going through for a transfer fee of six million. Will be a girl, and I think <laughs> she'll be studying. And achieving very high amounts of success as you being a hard firm dad. That's what that's Ooh. my assumption. <laughs> okay. I think no slacking around. She's gonna be very disciplined. And uh, yeah, that that's my prediction, man. That's what I see. I'm looking forward to it as well. Fatitarum treatment, bro. No slacking. <laughs> no What's slacking. your prediction, Samet? What's the XG? Um well let's ask you first, Emre. You broke the vibe, man. What's yours? I wanna say I was gonna say female as well, but I think two of the guys already said that. I know you said you wanted a, a girl for a child. Mm. I was going to go with female as well. But I, you know what? I'll break the ice and say male. All right. All right. Well, we're going to see next week. We'll see. Interesting stuff. Well, with that said, we forgot one thing. I know how I always complain that your fact of the weeks are boring, Sally. Oh, shit. But I hope you have one today, though. Well, um, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> no. <laughs> today, I can't. You I had one none. job. I know I had one job and I failed at that miserably. No, I this time I did have the time, but unfortunately, after some Premier League action, I fell asleep and uh, well, woke up just in time for the pod. 
uh, feel rejuvenated, but no, I didn't. I unfortunately didn't do my homework. So that's that's a big not, disappointment. Yeah, I'm not a <laughs> Fatih Terim child, as you can hear. I'm slacking off, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better come uh, with a good one next week, man. Yeah, like bro. you better come with the best fact. Yeah. Next one, I mean, I have to. After we win against Trabzon, I have to come up with a bonus. yeah. The not just one, on but now. two. Exactly. You got to do two now. We should find Free, a punishment. Actually. We should find a punishment. A punishment. Yeah. Well, that's up to you guys. I, I don't know what pun that suit me. <laughs> okay, let's think about it during the Something money summit. related. You should think about it as you need to think about it soon anyway, in case your child doesn't behave. So maybe you have something uh, in mind already. <laughs> this will be practice for Summit. Y- you got to <laughs> exactly. come up with the punishments quick. Get I'm like a dummy right now. You can use me. We're going we're gonna, <laughs> to we're gonna figure out a punishment, Sade. If they want to do that, uh, I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do honestly wonder, just 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 uh, on the side, right? I do wonder if Summit is the type that, I don't know, would have more of these mental punishments, like oh, go read a book and tell me the summary, or would be more like just stand in a corner, go to your room. And, nah, uh, nah, nah. I, it's um, I'm like, okay, I'll give you an example. Yeah, if I see <laughs> that you're coming late at home, while well, we agreed on a time, I come and find you, right? And I see you're still hanging out with your whatever broskies or something. I'll go there. Go. I'll say, okay. you got to get home. If it's a boy or a girl, doesn't matter. You got to go home right now, miss or lad. And then I won't <laughs> even drive you home. I'll just drive next to you and let you walk home because that's the punishment. <laughs> Damn. Tough love. Okay. Tough love. <laughs> got to get some discipline this is gonna be in interesting. <laughs> anyway. To all of our listeners, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Today's podcast menu, we have, aside from all the baby talk, my alter ego updating you with all the breaking news on Galatasaray, that is. Coach Chan opening the discussion on our away performance against Umran Yespor. And finally, we'll close it off with some listener questions and our predictions against Trabzonspor. So let's just go straight to the news. All right. Here we go. Breaking news. Jessa Sekinika's contract has been mutually terminated, alleviating Galatasaray of 250k euro. Ushuk Khan, Arslan and Eren Aydin will play in the second league as they are loaned by Galatasaray to Sari Arsport until the end of the season. After Sevilla lowballing our club and Galatasaray blocking them, Sevilla shifted their radar and signed Tangui Nianzo from FC Bayern. It seems that Victor Nelson is here to stay. Galatasaray submitted an opening bid for Brazilian centre-back Leo Ortiz. Red Bull Bragantino turned down the proposal as still far from the value. Personal terms not discussed yet. Galatasaray are expected to return with a new proposal. Ex-Trabzonspor player Anthony Nbakayeme, currently a free agent, was recommended to Galatasaray. The 33-year-old demanded a two-year contract, two million salary and a one million signature fee. Galatasaray has offered him a contract of one plus one year, a salary of 1.5 million euros and a signature fee of 500k. It seems that Christian Luyendama has been offered 3 million euros by a Belgian club whose name is not known yet. Reports are also emerging that Galatasaray reached an agreement with Norwegian centre-back Andreas Hansch Olsen. The negotiations with Ghent for the transfer of 25-year-old defender are progressing positively. That's it. Not much actually happening this week. What's the most interesting that struck you, John? Um, yeah, it's been a little quiet. 
definitely. I think the I'm happy the whole uh, you know everything we, that's been happening with Sevilla has sort of died down now a little bit. Mm. That was kind of an annoyance, and we were worried about Nelson. What's going to happen? Is he staying? Is he going? Like that whole thing. If we're selling, are we getting the right amount? So it seems like he's staying now, which is good. They can leave us alone at least. I don't yeah. know for the rest of the season, maybe. So that's a relief. Yeah, we mentioned that the World Cup was coming along and would be good to keep him. So it looks like uh, he's going to stay unless some English Premier League club comes up and swoops him for the 25 million release club. They just bought someone for 20 million from Bayern. So they do have the money to spend, right? Mm -hmm. But what happened was we went to Monchi, right? And we told him, listen, Marco got injured, right? And if you want Nelson to keep his legs, you know, you back off and you give us 20 mil plus or else, you know, we might have some problems. <laughs> and what happened was, you know, he thought about it. <laughs> and he thought about it, and then he backed off. And so, we get to keep Nelson. Win-win for us. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. We made them an offer they couldn't refuse, right? That's exactly what it was. <laughs> yeah, so that's Nelson for you. What else uh, did you find interesting in the past week? I, w- I was going to say Wakaeme. I don't know about you, John. The Wakaema rumor. <laughs> That's another... Do, do you guys notice that there's a few things this season where like we have half the fan base on one side, half on the other side? Like This is exactly, exactly that, another one. You know, the, the line has been drawn. We have half that are like, yeah, you know, even, even though regardless of his age or price, he's proven in the league, he's this, he's qualities, this and that. And then you have the other side that are like, screw that, you know, he's too old. Too expensive, not even that good. I'm on that side, to be honest with you. But, I'm on the uh, same side. Yeah, so I hope that doesn't happen. I, I don't really want him, to be honest, but I, I can see why some people would be for Intrigued that. by the idea. Yeah, I, I can see that, but for me, I, it's a no for, for me. Right. It would be the same for me. As I said before, it's, look, as a player, I don't think he's a bad player. Obviously, he is proven, as said before. The problem that I have, again boils down with most players that we get is age he's not an investment he's just another short-term player who is already 33 he's already ran down a lot of kilometers as, as we would say with a car right it's not going to become better suddenly so i don't want to see this happen either again look if he comes i'll support him you know i'll hope he scores 15 goals or whatever but just if i had to decide to get him or not i, I would say no He's, he's 33, he wants 2 mil plus. That's just, nah, not for me. What if he's I like read, a Toyota? I'd rather use Kerem. What'd you say? His engine's still good, he can <laughs> run, right? Maybe. <laughs> it's reliable, that's true, but I'd rather, I rather invest in a player like Kerem or someone else, right? Yeah. Also, to add to that, and Wakayama doesn't run back a lot, Silas, so that's also one mm-hmm. thing that you're right about. And since our left back is not very great at covering, you know, open areas and Wakuyemi doesn't help either that's going to be a no-go for me as well that's one of the biggest problems let me ask this do you think Nwakuyemi was better than Kerem last season possibly it's hard to compare as we finished 13th and Kerem was like pretty much our only bright spot with a very you know bad team so to say and Trabzon have won the league so most of the players looked good because well they won in the end right so yeah, I, I I would say, I would actually say no. I think Kerem was better, but the thing is, is that he was in a much worse team 
So it's like so, sort of what Saadi said, it's kind of hard to compare. But if we're just comparing individuals, I think Kerem was better. The performances he put in and he was so clutch too. Mm-hmm. I think he was better. The fact that you want to ask this question between two players who are in like totally different teams, it, it does show that Kerem has, you know, performed very well. Because again, we finished 13th. He was our only, with Marco and Nelson, of course, but one of our only bright spots in the team. So I would yeah. say Kerem too. And if we go on and Wakeme again, do you think he had a big part in the Trabzonspor championship last season? I mean, for sure. I believe he had around 12, 13 goals, 10 assists. So yes, his gold contributions amount was very high. That is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also when he faced us, I mean, he is one of their more dangerous players. But again, I'm more of the type of to build towards a future. And he's just not the future, right? He's quick fix for this year, maybe next year. The only way I can see this work or the only way I could maybe accept it, if it is like, if they do it, right? If it's like the Mertens deal, a one plus one, just one year, give it all you have. And if you do perform, maybe we'll give an extension, but it will at least be an incentive for him to work his ass off instead of just, well, sitting and chilling with us and uh, getting his pay cut. That's the rumor, right? It's a one plus one deal rumor. I think we've learned from our mistakes of giving four or five year contracts to anyone above 30 years old. Uh, shows with Mertens. I mean, if Inwake Emin was good, why didn't they re-sign him on the same, like, one plus one year kind of deal, right? Like Because of his wage demands, from what I understand. Yeah. He wants more money. Exactly. And he might have realized, I'm not getting that money. And it's hard to go back and say, okay, trap zone, I'm okay for this money. So probably his agents are discussing with other clubs, including Galatasaray, to see what they can get most out of. And I can understand people wanting him. I can understand the 50-50 because for a one year, if he can pull off the same performance at Galatasaray and brings us the championship this year, which he was a big part of for Trabzon last year, I can see why. Anyway, one thing I wanted to bring up is, which I didn't mention in the news, there's rumors about Dominic Torrent suing Galatasaray for... Ruining his image, right? Like For ruining his image, indeed. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think of how true this is? Get the f*** out of here. Ruining <laughs> his image. He came here himself. He knew what, was, what Turkey was like. What do you mean ruining his image? My friend, you ruined your own image. Jesus Christ. No sympathy. The thing is about how true it is. I also wonder, like, look, I have no experience in this, but is that legitimate a thing for asking reparations for ruining something intangible like your image like the fuck is it that? is I, it is it is it is it is because it is, okay. it's it's the whole johnny depp thing right with amber yeah, heard exactly yeah right but the thing is gal said i didn't say or do anything they just sacked the coach and they're not the only club that sacks a coach they didn't say anything bad about him they didn't throw out a rumor like this or that they didn't really do anything to ruin his image it's not like that so no I don't, it's I defamation it's, and I don't think the club has defamed him at all. Like, exactly. Did, did they make any announcements about how bad he was? No, of course not. If anyone, it's the fans that defamed him. But can you sue the fans? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's go- he's going to sue us? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see what the what the case is there. Like, if, if it was if he was suing because of some, you know, financial issue, then. Okay, I I understand, but in terms of his image, I mean, what is the case? Like, what case are you making? Like, what what has the club done to make you, uh, you know, to present you in such a way in front of 
any anyone, the footballing world or, or anyone. So I, I don't know what the case is there, or maybe it's not even true, but it's a little confusing. Mm. Yeah. I think it's it's bullshit anyway. I don't think there's much truth to it. So uh, Sally, you spoke about making investments, transfers in younger players. So there's been one that's apparently we made a bid for Leo Ortiz from Red Bull Bragantino, Brazilian team. Uh, Leo Ortiz is 26-year-old centre-back. He mm-hmm. seems very capable of filling Marcao's position as well, even though we got up to Kirin Bardakche. 26 is not your youngest, but it seems another mm-hmm. scout transfer. I don't know if you guys know anything about this player. Not me. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've done a little research and watching some videos, just curious to see what type of player he is. And I think I would rather uh, Andres Olsen that we've been linked with. That's the other one that and we're linked in at 25 yeah, years old. Yeah, I would prefer that. I think it, I think not only would it work better with Nelson, but I think I just like the player profile a bit more. Like Leo Ortiz, he looks, he just looks like another, I, I, I mentioned to some, to some of you before, he reminds me of uh, Mycon when we had Mycon. Mm-hmm. He just, he reminds me of just a big, strong center back but he's not that mobile like he doesn't look too comfortable with the ball at his feet like you know he just sort of reminds me like that which it's not always bad but I like players like Nelson and Marcao where the ball is comfortable at their feet and you don't have to worry when they have the ball right unlike other players like Luyan Dama in my opinion Abdul Kerim as well that we saw in the last two games um Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. I, definitely, I think it's probably it's between him and and Olsen. But I think I think Olsen has been a bit more, um, you know, like a popular rumor, and his name has been said a, a bit more. So we'll see how that how that comes along. Yeah, will be interesting to see what happens. Especially the transfer window is closing first of September, right? I think for us it's a eighth. bit later. It's eighth. It's like the eighth. Yeah, one week later. That's uh, true. Turkey closes later, so. I can expect to see some Fursat transfer, some opportunistic transfers there in the last week. So let's see what, what brings that. We can maybe talk about Summit's uh, player who's going to explode this season, uh, Sekidika, his contract being mutually uh, terminated. <laughs> I wonder what you think about that, Summit. <laughs> As you predicted, well, he did explode, but in a, in a negative way. <laughs> I, so. I said he would explode right in our hands, so... <laughs> oh so that's what you meant yes that's what i meant <laughs> uh-huh sure he's without a club right now uh i don't know if he's gonna go to apes for or not there has been rumors about that but he's been Good he's been Abe. he's been applying the diagne tactic man i've seen him on instagram he's been running his ass off training a lot putting a lot of water on his body so it looks like he sweated so i think that's the <laughs> way to well, basically mutually terminate your contract, apparently. <laughs> so to any football player listening to us right now, if you want to mutually terminate your contract without paying anything, just go train a lot, put it on Instagram, <laughs> and do a lot of water on your body so it looks like you sweated a ton. <laughs> I know Yasin yeah. said that it's possible for a person to sweat that much, but I don't buy it. You still don't buy it? Nah. No. No, not at all. Well, it's 250k euro uh, we save, right, on him not being with us. 
especially with all the foreigners we have. I think it's good. It's still, I don't know, such a weird sighting now that I think of it. When we got him, he wasn't that young either. I think it was like 24, 25. We got him for pennies from Eskishe, if I recall yeah. correctly. But we never really saw him. I mean, the one game that comes to my mind is when we played... Well, I actually don't want to remember that game, but was the qualification for the Champions League against PSV, where he also played. Mm-hmm. But besides that, we we never really saw him, and now his contract is terminated mutually. So He had three coaches to show his worth. Yeah. And apparently, yeah, if all three don't see him as a good player, then it's out of here. Yeah. Exactly. Well, luckily, team- he was basically for free, so... Exactly. Yeah, I don't care about it yeah. too much either. It was a transfer um, like we did with Valentine Ozernwafor, which we dealt very badly, sending him off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, he went to Belgium and we basically sold him for pennies and immediately they're trying to sell him as well for more. So, yeah. he seems to be doing good there. One thing we should talk about, I just remembered, um, I know our president is a crooked man, according to John, you know, but his mom actually passed away, Kesban Ozbek. So, rest in peace to her. Yeah, that's true. Uh, may she uh, rest in peace. Listen. I know. Yeah. Indeed. What do you guys think of us loaning out Eren Aydın and Ushukan Arslan to Sariaspor? Probably the right move. Yeah. yeah, I think those are good moves to develop them a bit more and get a little bit more out of them. I Looking, looking at our squad this season, I don't see how, um, you know, they would fit in there. It's... Mm-hmm. It's it's better for their careers. It's better for their development to uh, to be playing. Hopefully, uh, they will be playing now. And uh, who knows? Who knows how we'll get them back? You know, they they might come back uh, much better versions of themselves. So we'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I see a lot of people complain about is the contracts. So they're saying that Ushukan Arslan and both Aaron Aydin. When they come back, they'll have six months left on their contract, which I think is not completely true because when I checked, that would be uh, still another year left on their contract. But basically, having six months left on your contract means the bossman rule. It's a rule which allows you to already speak to other clubs um, without any issues once you have reached that six months time period on your contract. And that's the main complaints I saw. But uh, surely they're not going to make the same mistakes that we did with the other youngsters, right? Probably not. We and hope I can so. See, like the thing is, giving the bar to Elmas example, right? I've heard from plenty of people saying that part of the reason why he decided to leave and not renew is the day when uh, Torrent played. What's his face? Van Anholt in the midfield when we had like literally no one left there, and he's like, "Okay, I'm done. I'm leaving." That 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 was the day. Yeah, fuck Durstenesbeck. <laughs> it wasn't Dursun Uzbek at the time though I, I didn't buy it <laughs> fuck him anyway yeah, yeah. fuck Dursun Uzbek <laughs> I can see with this unit Tim and um, Okan Buruk they'll find more time if they're good enough if they're not good we'll probably send them away for good or, or whatnot. maybe we'll send them to the reserve league I don't know yeah speaking of that the reserve league against Umbrania Spore our youngsters won 9-0 with Barış Yilmaz scoring three. Barış Yilmaz is different Barış Yilmaz we're talking about, right? Because Barış Alper Yilmaz played in the you know Super League. No, same. He played I, also I, I in think, the reserve I think league. it was the same. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the same. So are you, you're allowed to play on the, the reserve league and the, the regular? Ah, that's crazy. Yep. Okay. Yeah, they can play in, in both. That's no issue. 
All right. Well, with that said, John, I think it's time that we start talking about our game against Umranio Spor. Maybe you want to kick it off there? Yes, let's do it. So this was match day three. We were away to Umranje, like you just said. This one finished 1-0 for us. Uh, it was another late goal by Bafitin Bigomis, who came in for uh, Seferovic and sprinkled a little magic dust again and, and got the winner. He came on uh, in the 78th minute. Uh, we'll go through the lineup, which was almost the same as last week, just with, I believe, one change. Backline stayed the same. It was Patrick Van Anholt, Abdul Kerim, Nelson, Sasha Boy, Muslera in goal. The midfield was um, Sergio Oliveira, Emre Akbaba, and the first start for Lucas Torreira. And on the wing, we had uh, Yunus Akigun and Karam Akturkolo and Seferovic striking as usual. Some stats on this one. This finished with 60% possession for us, 40 for Umranje. And we had a total of 24 shots and only uh, 10 were on target. On the other side, that's Umrania with 15 shots and three on target for them. Um, I guess I'll I'll kick it off then. This is your time, boy. <laughs> yeah, your time. To I, shine. I I have a lot to say. We'll I'll make it brief. Get everyone's opinions, and maybe we'll come back. Just I there's one point I think everyone's gonna want to talk about. So, anyways, I I think that we started the first half poorly. I think that around the middle of the first half, we were still playing poorly. I think at the end of the first half, we still played poorly. I think it was an absolute shit 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Not really much changed from the last match. Like the, in terms of some of our complaints, like Patrick Van Anholt, I don't know what's gotten into him this year. I think he's playing horrible. Just no build-up play, no possession. Seferovic had an absolute sitter, which I can't believe. I like that. Maybe that's the first talking point we can speak about. Like he was given a gift. I believe it was right outside the box. And then he dribbled in, took maybe one or two touches and had the ball 12 yards away, maybe even a little less than that. And he passed the ball. There wasn't even that much pressure or anything. He had Emre Akba beside him and he tried laying it off, but it just didn't work. I was so shocked to see that. Like, are, are you a striker? Exactly. Are you a striker or not? This is a gift. When you see that happening, your mouth should be salivating, like eyes fully open. You know, it's it's an absolute gift. So I didn't expect that from him. I I expected a lot better. And he had a, um, a really frustrating match in general. What do you guys think about that, about Seferovic? Were you as shocked about that as I was? Yes, I was shocked. He's my boy because he's the one I covered for our, you know, little story shorts. <laughs> and it's uh, a little sad to see that he's not up to par to his usual standard at all. Like, we all knew Seferovic isn't, like, a, the best finisher or whatnot. He's really good at link-up play and so, and stuff. But even these, man, this is like like food on a silver platter, man. You you, you yeah. take these, you know? There's, like, no reason why you shouldn't score that. And it's, I, I think it just comes down to just, like, mental issues. I think he's just not there mentally right now because why would you give it to Emre Akbaba who's being marked by a player? And offside. Who, and he's offside. Like, you're, that's actually the worst, a worse decision to make than just trying to go for the shot. Like, you never know. Like, I don't understand what, what's going through his head right now. He's just not in a good place. That's, that's the exact same thing I wondered. Like, he's a striker. That's like his thing, finishing, right? Sorry, I, I hate to say goal. it. I, I hate to mm. say this again, Sorry, Sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but it's is it not his bread and butter? It's <laughs> is it, it should not be his That's, bread and butter? That should be your bread and butter, man. You're at the penalty spot with no pressure. <laughs> he, he said the word. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he, he said the word. <laughs> the, the, the thing I wonder, just like Emre said, was it like what happened there? Was it something mentally that 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 hit him there? Like, did he suddenly become unconfident? Because again, maybe just like Akbaba during the friendlies, he banged those in, right? He he took him. But this time, I have no idea what his thought process was over there. That was just piss poor. Luckily, it didn't cost us the match in the end, but obviously that's more second half talk. But if that did cost us the match, I think we would be in a different mood and uh, mood right now and we would be fuming. Because that's that should be it. That should be literally 1-0 already. And that was like the first 10 minutes. You score that first 10 minutes, that's a completely different game right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was also another uh, one or two chances in the first half as well where the ball was just played in and he either had like a, a bad touch or like just received it awkwardly that just spoiled the chance. And um, I just really, really thought that it would, and, and you know, this is just one game, you know, keep in mind, mm-hmm. he might've just had a really bad day, but I, I really thought it would be different with Seferovic. I just thought mm-hmm. he would be a bit more clinical. The, and, way, mm-hmm. the way he moves, again, just like you say, we're overacting maybe because it's again one game, right? But the way he moves, he looks so, how should I put it, white, <laughs> stiff. He looks very... I don't know. It's like a piece of his, piece of his body language is off. Is I think what you're trying to exactly. say. Exactly. It looks like a like a, a tree branch or something that's walking around. It looks kind of weird the way he moves around. <laughs> He's Groot. <laughs> yeah. Groot. Are you describing Jagnet? Yeah. Oh I don't God. want to compare it to Jagnet because that's that's like the ultimate sin, right? But that's the thing I got from first half. He looked kind of clunky to me. Especially after that first miss. I hope it's a one-time thing or something that's not going to continue. For a longer time because the last time he played against us right when we played him in the champions league it looked very different over there i know it's two three years ago but you make fun of jagne but jagne would score that he would take that shot he wouldn't pass that oh yeah yeah for sure yeah, he would for shoot sure it. but benfica <laughs> fans are already saying oh classical seferovic yeah but we we knew that right also when emre looked it up he he does get into the positions usually it's just his finishing is not like out of every 10 shots, not all 10 go in, basically like four or five go in. We did know that, but today maybe it looked worse because in the first half we weren't creating a lot of chances anyway. Maybe that's why it feels extra sour that he missed them. But yeah, second half at least, not his performance, but we look much better, but we'll get into that later. Sorry, one one more thing about Seferovic as well. We mentioned the Benfica fans are saying, um, you know, this is vintage Seferovic. But what I find interesting about that is Look at the goal he scored against Kasum Pasha in the friendly. That's just absolutely clinical. Mm-hmm. Like the ball came through, he took one touch on his left foot and buried it. Yeah. No no hesitation, no second thoughts. The ball came through, touch, score. So it's like he has he he has it in his skill set. So I, I don't know, maybe if there's a, a mental issue. And like I said, it was just one game. So let's see, you know, if this is a pattern for the whole season, it's going to be an issue. But um, what I mm-hmm. want to say is like everyone needs to calm down. It's the starting of the season. It's our third game. And he, he had just one bad game. It, it happens to the best of us. So we just have to say, okay, he was bad this game. But you cannot write him off immediately, which is what the Turkish fan base loves to do, right? Yes. Immediately. Kerem is shit. Immediately. Seferovic is garbage. Uh, Sasha Bowie, uh, he can f*** off. We just have to relax, <laughs> calm down, and and talk about what's really the problem. And for me, that was the tactics that we saw. 
And what am I saying with that is, against Giresunspor, where we lost, in my opinion, we played better. If we compare both the two halves, the first half of Giresunspor, I thought we were doing really good. The second half was complete soup. And now against Umraniaspor, first half, I had no clue what was happening. Second half, I had no clue what was happening. And that's a problem for me. I want to see like some some standards being applied. Like when you pass the ball to your right winger or your left winger, where you automatically see Sasha Boy or Patrick van Arnold making those overlaps, like grinded in their minds and completely doing it every time. And I didn't see that at all this game. Especially the first half was very hard. Like we got chances. And if Seferovic scored those goals, we would be talking differently. However, that was not the case. And maybe I can get into it now. The, the, the main, I guess, talking point for me in terms of how we're playing, our style and tactics that Okan Buruk is using. The biggest problem for me right now is I feel like our two best attackers and arguably the two best wingers in the league, Kerem and, and Yunus, I think they're being criminally underused and underutilized. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what the reason for this is, but if you watch these matches, especially the last match, we're playing so narrow. And this is a really big problem for me because for a lot of reasons, but especially think about it, right? If you're on a football pitch, the more narrow you play, if everyone is playing in the middle of the pitch, you make it easier for the other team to defend you. All of your players are, are right there. Everyone is central, right? It's easy to defend. All the players are there. If whoever has the ball, you take two steps, you can close them down, right? Mm-hmm. And we have these players that are so fast, so creative. They take players on. They can make so much happen. And they're playing so narrow. And I don't know why Okan Buruk is insisting on that. We can't get anything going. Like, And then we're attacking and playing with the back line, we have like right in front of the back line, all standing next to each other, we have Kerem, Emre, Seferovic, Yunus. And then where the wingers are supposed to be, we have our fullback, Sasha Boy and Van Anholt, who couldn't, like they can't cross the ball. The service is actually absolutely horrible. And because everyone's playing so narrow, we can't keep possession of the ball. If we can't keep possession of the ball, we can't control the game. And then you get what we saw yesterday, just a, just nonsense. The ball just ping pong, bouncing back and forth, up and down the pitch. No, no team has control. It, it's just a disaster. So I really wish that Kerem and Yunus were playing high and wide so that when we give them the ball, they have time, space, they can take players on one-on-one. We can play them through in behind the back line, right? And if they can't, if they can't beat a player one-on-one, if we can't play them in behind and they have the ball, then we have Sasha and Van Anholt who, who are there to support. They can make overlapping runs. So this is a very big problem for me that I hope we address. And I hope that we start getting some control over these matches. And it just really does my head in watching this. I don't know what you guys think about that. I'll say this much. One thing this game definitely revealed to me was that Markov's presence was a huge importance for us and it's going to be very, very missed. One of the things I've definitely noticed that is Van Anholt has been covered by Markov. Now that Markov's not here, you can really see his negative sides. He's like nowhere to be found on the pitch sometimes. He gets lost. When he does get forward, 
He doesn't. This guy, I don't know how you pre- played in the Premier League when you cannot put in a single <laughs> damn yeah. cross into the box with some degree of accuracy. Just hey, thinking hey, about it is getting me. Don't do my boy fuel. like that. Don't do Your boy, boy needs like to step that. up his game. Okay? <laughs> my boy is We're not being protecting hevi- Dutch rights anymore. My, my uh, boy no. is being heavily underutilized, just Un- like underutilized, underutilized. Exactly. Exactly. No, he's not underutilized. His legs just don't work. It seems he just doesn't know how to cross. He's <laughs> getting into those positions, but he just cannot bring the final product. Yeah. I I want to see Cosm John from now on. That's one. I think our wings. Mm. Wingbacks are not exactly what uh, Okan Buruk wants. I, I think he prefers to play a game, a, a system where the wingbacks are more involved with the game and the wingers are more central. And I get, I get what mm-hmm. I, John is what saying. Patrick van Aanholt does best, going more central, helping the midfield out. And that's what Torrent, you, how Torrent used him actually last season. We saw that over and over and he was doing really well. And I recall... All of you guys praising the fuck out of him. So that's not happening anymore. And it's basically all on how Okan Buruk utilizes the players. And the, the game against Umrani Sport, yeah, we won 1-0. Three points. It's going to be super important for us in the title, ship, title race. But are we utilizing all our pray, players Stop correctly? Me. I don't need Torrent or Okan to utilize a wingback in the midfield. I need the wingback to utilize his skill set where it's needed as a wingback. You know, putting crosses through, connecting our flanks with the forwards, and he's not doing that. Bowie is doing that way more. And you can see that Bowie had a much better game than Van Anholt. He had really good crosses. That's also my boy. He gets forward. Yeah, my boy (laughs) too. But you see there's a difference between them two. (laughs) That's one. And also, you talk about the Girasun game. The second half was complete trash. It was like the opposite where the game, this game in the beginning was terrible. Second half, I felt we were much better. We had the ball way more. We attacked much more often. And I think Okan learned his mistake about having both Gomis and Seferovic on the pitch at the same time. It just doesn't work. And I think he will learn with the wingers too. Like the winger situation, I think eventually he will learn that, okay, this is not working out. He will switch it up a little bit. But I think we got to wait. And, and see what our official midfield will be. Because Oliveira, man, he, he's another name we need to talk about aside from Seferovic. He drove me You're absolutely too harsh. insane. You're too harsh. Absolutely insane. Because I don't know if I'm just getting Satrick Inan PTSD vibes from him, but it's just driving me insane. Prime Satrick Inan? Paying... No, no. The, 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 the pass back, <laughs> pass to, to the side. <laughs> pass to the side, you know, pass back to the keeper, Satrick Inan. There were so many positions that our wingbacks made. And I'm like, oh, He's going to pass to, you know, Sasha Bowie or Van Anholt. And he didn't. Like, at his caliber and, you know, what he's brought to this team to do, he's not doing any of that. He had one, like, really good pass. And that was that backheel 180 pass to Seferovic. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. That's the only thing I can remember from the game, unless you guys can prove otherwise. Because I just know he made a ton of losses. His defending is okay, but his body language is like, He's like very stiff and slow. I don't know. I think he's just vibing. He's not. He's. I think the official <laughs> midfield. I don't know if you guys will agree with me. It'll be Michel, Herrera, and Mertens for now. For yeah. now, that looks the most ready and match fit. But I sh- would say don't underestimate Sergio Oliveira. I think he has a amazing skill set, and that back heel one eighty pass that 
you said showed some glimpses of that, but you have to understand this team has no clue where they're running to. Like yes. uh, there was also a pass by Sergio Oliveira towards Junus Akgün and Emre Akbaba. And basically it didn't reach them because they don't know where to run to. And it's also partly because they were so narrow and not playing wide at all. It's just all a big part of the I'm problem. just talking about like simple passes that he should be able to do with his eyes closed. Not like those really long Wesley Schneider type balls. Those I, I understand. No one is gonna. No one's Pirlo. No one's Schneider. Not, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about general play from Oliveira is just very off. And I, and I I may be a little harsh, but like we brought him in for four years on a really high contract, and I'm just like getting this like really bad vibe. And this, this is, is what I mean. Up in our hand. We shouldn't write him off immediately. Calm I'm not writing down, him off. I, I'm know? just very concerned. I hope he gets better. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to point it out. You Based know, we on pointed history, out. Right? Based on what yeah, seen like before. past two games, maybe two and a half games, I, I didn't really like what I saw from Oliveira. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind so far how he's playing. I'm not going to go out and say I think he's been playing amazing. But there's a few things that I think about that could be pulling him back a bit in terms of how he could be performing. And I think one of them, you know, the obvious is that we have a, a new team and that goes for a lot of other players trying to find their place in the team, building chemistry with other players, things like that. Another thing is um, exactly what I was mentioning before and what Summit mentioned before, like as a midfielder, right? Uh, we're playing with three midfielders. When you have the ball in the midfield, if there's pressure on you or wh- wh- whatever the case is, you use your outlets on the wing to relieve that pressure or keep possession of the ball. And even when uh, I think it was Mazar was doing the uh, his write-up on, on Sergio Oliveira and even the, the videos we were watching, studying him and looking at his play style, one thing that st- stood out was those long balls. He would always switch to the wing. Right? Like he would get the ball, take a couple touches, switch to the wing, right? Well, that's non existent. He can't do that anymore because everyone's playing in the middle of the pitch. Uh, he can't use his outlets anymore to keep possession because no one's, everyone's in the middle of the pitch. There's no outlets. And that's a big problem, I think. So I, I'm, I'm hoping if we can change this play style a little bit and he gets a little more comfortable with the players around him that we'll see an improved Sergio Oliveira. But one more thing about him as well that no one else on the pitch has, and I'm including Mertens in that as well. Dead ball. Ser- Sergio Oliveira is an elite, elite set piece taker. Elite. Every free kick he's taken so far, he's almost scored. Everyone so far. He's elite when it comes to that. He's taken a free kick from close range medium range, long range, the one in the first match where he hit the crossbar. So you have to keep that in mind as well. That's something he has that I don't think anyone else has. Crossbar we'll see. boy, man. He's taking over Hamid Altentop's role. Hamid Altentop, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, just one small thing, if I had to add anything, because we've, we've talked pretty in detail on the first half on our performance. The thing when going forward, well, John already explained very clearly on how we played on that. The thing I want to touch on a bit well, not necessarily touch on that I just want to mention. In the back, or maybe our team in general first half, we lack chemistry, man. Every, like a lot of simple passes, especially in the back. I was like, what the f*** am I watching? Like nothing, nothing, nothing arrives at the correct player. It mm-hmm. either goes out or goes wide. Muslera had like also two free kicks which went out again. That's worrying, but again, I think that's chemistry as we have a lot of new players. That should be 
you know, fix over time. That's just something I wanted to mention too. As yeah. it also, I really noticed that first half. Because I was watching along with my... Our midfield's completely new. It is. And I, I was watching along with my father, right? And we were watching with Dutch commentary because apparently the Dutch uh, television broadcast also does it now. And I like to hear some unbiased stuff from time to time as well. But even he was kind of in shock, right? He was like, <laughs> Paul, 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 like, what, what, what is this? What is that? You know, he was also surprised that this is like the highest level. Yeah. And the first half just wasn't it. But yeah, on to the next topic. Nah, yeah, no, fully agree. Initially, I thought like, hey, maybe Okan Buruk doesn't want to press the first half that much like he did against Giresunspor and they just want to chill out a bit but then I saw okay the ball went to Muslera Muslera kicked it away over the midfield I mean we got short players that's not the best solution for us so I don't know what the plan there was I guess it's just the chemistry missing and that we can't really outplay them from the back yet so we'll see what time brings also i don't think he wants to take chances like we did last year trying to play out the back and how many times did we concede because we try to play out with like thailand or something yeah is now the guy he almost did misplace exactly but think about doing that non-stop mm -hmm. and conceding so i think that's part of the reason and again we don't have a, a midfield that's completely meshed yet they don't know where to stand like john said so it'll take time. We'll see more improvement, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess um, if you want to jump in and just a few talking points for the second half, the second half started and we uh, brought on Mertens and I noticed an improvement when he was playing. I noticed a little bit Actual. more control over the match when he was playing and he he has a really he has that presence when he's on the pitch you can feel when he's on the pitch you know like he the the ball is always at his feet he's always looking forward he he's always looking to you know to make that pass that that sort of breaks through so i think when he starts we will see improvement you know in the whole match when he is playing regularly and not just you know 20 minutes or or one half but i did notice instant improvements still um i think okan buruk has a lot to figure out and i'm very disappointed in him that he couldn't do this even though he had a full preseason with many of these players, you know, just not the midfielders, but pretty much everyone else. I'm really disappointed in that. And another, another, uh, I guess, highlight was there was a beautiful ball from uh, Kerem played into Seferovic that was squandered as well. He had sort of an awkward touch that hit the post and he couldn't tap in the rebound. And then he was visibly frustrated, punching the air and stuff like that. So that was a frustrating day for him. And then we had the goal. And I think that's the main talking point that Gomis for the second game now has come in in the last 10 minutes or less of the match and he's won it for us. And like, you know, the first goal he scored, there was a bit of buildup and Midshu made a nice, you know, it was a, he sort of just laid it off and Gomis finished it. But this goal, he controlled the ball and turned and just banged it. Like it caught me off so off guard. Like I was sitting there and I just jumped up. Like it was such a surprise. So... It's a bit alarming. We haven't been able to score in during the match. Only the goals we've scored have been in the sort of dying moments. So what do you guys think about that? What do you think about Gomis, the lack of goals, you know, him saving the day for us twice now? What do you think? Um, one thing I, we didn't talk about is how Umrani played. Uh, we got to give it to Umrani. I think they actually played really well for what they have in their hand. And let's not forget, Antalya also played this team away Right, so they played against them, and they also beat them one nil in a very tough. Like the game was going to end zero zero, and with us, we actually had more positions than Antalya had, and Antalya today beat Trabzon with a high margin. So 
clearly they're not an opposition to be taken lightly. Whatever their coach is doing, he's doing great. But like you said, I think Mertens was definitely an asset for us. You can clearly see that he brings more like variety in the midfield as opposed to Emrak Baba. And it really made open up some space for our wingers and our midfielders and our wingbacks. I, I like how we played in the second half. I know it wasn't the greatest, but these are the type of games that you're going to have to take. And like if we look back to when Okan Buruk became champions of Bashak Sheir, his first two games he lost. He lost in five games. He only had one win. Two losses, two ties. So I think he's going to start out bad. I know you want him to be better. I think he'll be better. But these two games are very important for us. I know we should have definitely won Umrania. But what do you guys think the midfield will finally be like once it's mesh? What the game plan would be? Unfortunately, I don't think that midshoe is going to start. I think Sergio Oliveira is going to keep his place there. Oh, it's it's uh it's very tough. Mitchell is so good, man, but he got hurt unfortunately. He he's been injured, but I do think it's going to be Sergio Oliveira, Torreira, and Mertens in front of them, and I think that's very good. I think that's a very very good balance. Lucas Torreira is just despite his size, he's like a a little pit bull. I think he's he'll be a bit more of a an, an anchor, a ball winning midfielder for us. Sergio Oliveira is a bit more of a, you know, a balanced player in terms of keeping possession, linking both our, our wingers and forwards with our back line. And Mertens just has the sauce, man. He's so good attacking, passing, dribbling, shooting. He's so good, man, despite his age. I can just see when he's fit and fully playing, it's going to be such a huge asset. So I think that's what the midfield is. I think it's a good balance. I think it'll work well. And I don't know. I guess Mitchell can be rotated in. I guess he can definitely come in off the bench for, for Sergio maybe. But I don't think he's going to be starting. I don't think that's the plan. But we'll see what happens. Who knows? With I Alcantara. also had this thought. Mm-hmm. What, if, what if we had a midfield consisting of Mitchell, Herrera, and in front of them, Oliveira and Mertens on the left? I think we could, but I just don't think Sergio is that will be that good for that position. Like he should be more central as opposed to a little higher attacking. I don't think he'll be good in that in that position. We have a lot of flexibility with Mertens. He can play at the 10, he can play winger, he can play striker. So we might see some variety like because that. Because one thing I saw in the game, I don't know if you noticed, but I saw Oliveira getting caught way too far up on the pitch multiple times. Kind of left Torreira on his own to defend. A lot of the times. Yes. And so I'm thinking, since he likes to push up so much, he likes being involved in the tech, why not put him up there for now? You know, because Emir Baba is clearly, okay, Emir Baba. I don't want to shit on him, but he doesn't ring, really bring that vision and creativity to the midfield as a number 10. I think Tor- uh, Oliver would be a better fit for now if we're not going to get like a dedicated number 10. Unfortunately, uh, Summit's favorite player, Evan there, Bruh. didn't come yet. Are you saying Oliver should be a 10? Yeah, why not? You're crazy, bro. You're crazy. Why not? He's not a ten. Not? He's an eight and a half. It's like putting in eight and a, a half. It's like Two putting. I think he has a point. This though. T- I think he has a point. Honestly, who? Uh, Emre, look. You're crazy, bro. Let me You're let crazy. me put it this way, right? We talked for I don't know how long about the first half that we ever mentioned Akbaba. Exactly. Well, he That's was his impact. The, he was the person impact, that bro. gave him that gave Sefo his first chance. Then again, I don't know. I, he I really pushed don't see what Akbaba Imrania into a mistake and got that ball. I just don't see like we're just saying this. We're just saying to put Oliveira at ten and Mertens on the wing, just because we want to force including Midshow, which we shouldn't do that. You know, mm-hmm. it should be one or the other. Like I think Midshow and Torreira, I think is probably 
I think that's a little bit too defensive, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. I think it's going to be Torreira, Oliveira, and Mertens in Perfect front of them. Perfect balance. Perfect balance. It, it's, it's, it, it's, it's really balanced. But mm-hmm. th- with the players we have, the flexibility is there. That, that's, okay. that's what I'm saying. So if we need to do that, then we can do it because we have the players that you know are all at a, a, a good level, right? So if we have to do something like that, then we'll do it. But I just don't mm-hmm. think that will happen. And also at the end of the match... Um, Okan Buruk did say that they someone asked him about Mertens and he said that he does think of Mertens as a player that plays behind the striker. Uh, but he said that, he also has his best moments at the left wing. That's why, because since Kerem's not doing too hot right now, I'm thinking maybe he can utilize Mertens there. Nah, and, you no know, need for experiments. Just need to have this peop- these players gelled up uh, in their positions. And we should no need for go. experiments. Or well, I have a bad, really bad news for you. Okan did a lot of experimenting with the midfield at Bashak Shir, mm. a lot. So don't okay. even be surprised if you see Chikaldao. <laughs> don't even be surprised if you see Chikaldao back center playing back. in the midfield. No, <laughs> look, he did. Look. He did really good things at Bashak Shir, like getting players that were not thought of, like wrote, like written out, and he brought them and pl- they played much better. So don't write them out just yet. Okay, Look. so you support Başakşehir, Emre. <laughs> oh God, I support oh, Akambulums. <laughs> All right, we got a second Listen, Yasin in here. I'm I'm gonna give a really hot take, and I understand it's a hot take. I understand that people will probably call me an idiot, and it is what it is. But as as it stands right now, okay, I'm not talking about what's gonna happen in the future, what's happened in the past. I'm just talking about as of right now. I wish we yeah. didn't get Okambuluk. I, I wish we I wish we didn't because what I've seen so far is that he's had time to prepare. He's had time to think about our, our squad, what type of uh, play style he wants. Like he's had time to think about all this, and this is what he's come up with. And I'm really disappointed. And um, coaching Bashakshir is very different. You know, coaching a club that has 12 people in the stadium is very different than coaching <laughs> Galatasaray. It's it's very yeah. different. And as of right now, looking at everything that's happened, I wish we didn't have him. I wish we had someone else. I'd like to say I'm a bit confused in terms of what to think because it looked like, just like with Torrent, I said I'd give the guy a preseason and a whole year. And yeah. I think it's fair to give Okan Buruk the same. I hope we won't go towards a situation where all the fans are already beating him to death and asking for Istifa for his resignation. So I just hope he finishes off the season no matter what. We just need to be consistent with the coaches we get in. Consistent yeah. in how they can establish themselves within the club. We just had a massive breakdown uh, before Torrent when Fatih Terim left in presidents, in management, in staff, in mm-hmm. translators. Torrent tried translators. to build that up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know the news. <laughs> how many translators have we shat on since... Matt left, right? So Torrent tried to build that up, didn't have the time, didn't get the time. And now we're trying to do something similar again from the ground up. And that just needs time. And <laughs> I hope Fatih Tatum won't come back in the winter, uh, even if it's to finish off his Netflix season ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can just continue with Okan. I'll shit on him in May. I fully agree with Summit here. Uh, yeah, I fully agree with Summit here. I get the reaction, and yes, the football doesn't look pretty. In the end, of course, I, I care more about the points we get. And yes, we have lost one game already. But just like Summit, I'll I'll have a 
more critical talk about him in, in May. Because, again, if we do all the switching around every time we just don't get results we want, we, we'll, we'll get in these players which fit different football philosophies all the time, and that just won't match. Like, we'll get a whole melting pot of different players which just don't work together, and then we'll end up now something like a United, and I don't want that. I'd rather mm-hmm. have Ocon right out this season, maybe even next season. I'm more lenient than your average fan, I guess, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. One- but I do get what John says. I do get it. It's so far it looked really horrible. <laughs> I don't know what I'm watching. What but. I do want to add, Sally, one thing that's super important, like very important, is even when you're playing bad, that you get the three points. We've seen that during our winning spell with Galatasaray back then under Fatih Terim and the Sajukinan and Felipe Melo. God bless Even him. when we were doing super bad in a game, we still got that win. We still got that three points. And that's what reminded me of against Umrani Espor. Terrible yeah. overall, but we got the three points. And and that's, that's what counts. Exactly. Yeah, that's what counts, exactly. And and playing that's also something I've learned. Which was the opposite well. last season. We were playing sometimes very good, but we didn't mm-hmm. get the three points. Yeah. That's I was a just bad gonna habit say that. to break. I've also learned over the years that even though the eye wants to see pretty football, pretty football can be very frustrating too, due to the amount of chances you start missing, etc. This was efficient. Yes, first half was absolute trash, but we still got the points in the end. It was due to individual skill, I do have to say that. It was a shot from outside of the box by Gomis, like he just rocked that in. But we got the free points, so I'm happy. It shouldn't have come to that because Seferovic literally had the easiest chance on a plate finish it off in the first 10 minutes. We just need to mesh, man. It's something, you know. It's I, I see us getting. I may be a little biased towards Okan. Okay, a lot of people know I've been wanting him since like Okanaholic. Yes, exactly. His biggest simp. Um, but <laughs> we just got to give it time. I feel like we'll do much better. Mm-hmm. And and at the time, I think he was the best option available. Maybe Nuri would have been okay. I like for me at the time, I would I was like okay, Okan. But if Nuri comes, I wouldn't be mad. Mm-hmm. But like I, I'm not gonna go and say you know like oh he should be sacked right now. I I. Like you, Simon, I'm going to give him a year at least. What what Eminence, I think, just trying to say is that normally we go for the eye test first and then the stats, but this match felt the other way around. If Mm. you look purely on what our eyes saw, it looked horrible. The first half especially. Second half was better, but it didn't look good. But if you look at the stats, and let's say you were a life score supporter, you would say that, (laughs) man, we've been banging. We had 24 shots, 10 (laughs) on goal. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. But yeah, we only got a 1-0 win. Serkan had a good game too. We got robbed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Serkan was good again. Yeah, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, I'll give him that. Especially that free kick, that low free kick. I was expecting him to... Uh, yeah. yeah. Every keeper that. that plays against us just becomes a star. It's always like this. Um, I think we should slowly move on to the questions. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do the questions. All right. This one is from Gunnar Sarai. Shout out Gunnar Sarai, if you're listening. Oi, why is Karim so angry all the time? Why is Yunus so lovely? And what do you do with a problem like Akbaba? That was in my uh, <laughs> British accent. Not good, I know. For our British uh, <laughs> listeners, we're really sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> when a Dutchie does a British accent, nice. Yeah. I, can, I, can, I can take that one or, or start it. First of all, Emre Akbaba, what do you do with him? You tell him to f*** off. That's for starters. That's what you do. <laughs> 
And we've seen the same thing from him. Like he was playing so good in the preseason and then he just doesn't, he's not effective at all, which, you know, we have Mertens now. Like I said, I think Mertens is going to play there. So we probably won't see much of Emre this season, maybe just here here and there. But that's the first thing you do with him. Kedem, why is Kedem so angry? I think maybe he's a bit frustrated. You know, last season with Torrent, he was playing pretty much the complete opposite that he's playing now with Okan Buruk. So who knows what happens behind the scenes? Like maybe he's he's unhappy with that or just frustrated with what's going on. And I think Yunus, on the other hand, is here again. He's back with Galatasaray. Like I guess that was his goal and he looks happy. Yeah, he's, he's trying his best. You can definitely see that. He's a hard worker. So we'll see. Hopefully when the results start coming, we see uh, both of them linking up a bit more during the matches and and a smile on uh, on Kerem's face. We'll see how yeah. it goes. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to like see Emrak Baba in a 4-4-2 alongside someone like Seferovic. Like, Emrak Baba gets into a lot of positions, but the biggest problem with him is, okay, he's a number 10, playing as a number 10, but he has no vision sometimes. Can't do anything with the ball going forward. It's like Omar. Yeah, pretty much. So either we do something else with him, or I think, I guess we just, you know, call it a loss and send him back to Alanya, where he seems to be doing fine there for some reason. Maybe he just can't handle the pressure of being on a big team. Utilization, my friend. Utilization. It's all about it. Love it or not, we do need him because of the stupid foreign rule. All right. I'll move on to the next question. Well, this one is not a question. It's by Boy. I guess Sasha Boy. He's saying... El Torera 34. Salam alaikum, my friend. Jimbo Bomb. Well. Okay, okay. Thank you. Salam alaikum, my friend. Salam alaikum. Jimbo Bomb. Hi, Jimbo Back to you, S boy. Um, I think this one is a nice one for Sali. It's by at Mika Seri. He's saying Van Anholt is thinking that his position. Similar to Zichenko, I think. But end of the every single attack, he did ridiculous choices. What do you think about him? Also, Mertens did the furcha to him. <laughs> okay, these are some wild sentences too. Uh, yeah, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> translate. I think Google Translate. translate. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about him? I think he just asked, I guess, what I think about Van Aanholt. Yeah, he can't cross. Well, we've seen that already. And just like the guy said before too, this season, so far, again, just three games, so far, he's been a bit more hit and miss. Also defensively, I don't think he has been as solid. It's just, there seems to be more actually of a communication problem between him and Abdul Kerim and our, well, Torreira at the moment as our new DM. They Sometimes their position seems to be kind of off. So I don't know if I have to exactly blame that on Van Arnold or the new tactics, coaching, whatever, but... Do you think he's like yeah, uh, Zichenko? Zinchenko. Arsenal. I'm wondering if what he means by that with the Zinchenko thing is I think like watching the Arsenal game today, I noticed Zinchenko was coming um, inside quite a bit when Arsenal Mm -hmm. uh, was building out of the back or when they when they had the ball. So I'm wondering if he's asking about that. What what do you think about that? Zinchenko's position, as far as I know, for Ukraine, he plays in midfield, for example. Oh, Mm. he used to play at left back for City, but that's because, well, they're all very technically gifted, so they can play anywhere anyway. Basically, what he's saying is, if Van Anoldor is is he like that? And we've seen that on the torrent, right? He would he would drift more. He would play a more inverted winger role slash almost a uh, central midfield role. And I think I think he can do that better than your traditional yeah. wing back who just bombs down the byline and tries to cross it in because that's just something he can't do. I think he's better at like. A cutback, like a low hard pass back to a striker who's ready to shoot it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the second half of his question, <laughs> he was saying every single attack he did ridiculous choices. And but he, I was yeah, saying, he, 
he, yeah, he can't cross the ball. He, he can't, he can't cross the ball. So, and, and this is what's such a curious thing about that. So Okan Buruk is playing in a way where our wingers are coming inside and the fullbacks are staying really high and wide when we have the ball, right? Which is interesting. But then when Van Anholt gets the ball, he can't cross it. He does nothing with it. So I'm, I'm not sure what to say about Van Anholt. He really has to improve himself there or else we need to see Kazimjan like now because mm-hmm. he's been really, really bad. For me, I think utilization, utilization, utilization. <laughs> These past two games don't show anything to me yet. I think it needs time. Van Anholt, I think he is actually just like a Zichenko and should be played just like a Zichenko. Yeah. And then I guess, was there, I think we had one more question. Uh, was it the last one or was there more? One last one is from St. Gala Race. Can you guys discuss Seferovic at detail? I think Gala are in catch-22 here. Gomis is clearly outperforming him, but should we continue to start him? His confidence is rock bottom. There's also talk of another striker being signed. Tough situation, guys. Yep, 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 yep. It is a tough situation because now we're linked with Icardi. Oh, God, no. Please, no. God, no. Man, it's heating up. It's heating up. There's more and more news about that. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, Seferovic, I know he has the ability, man. I know he does. For sure, he has the ability to score goals. And I think it's a case of you know him just scoring one. And once he scores that one and the mm-hmm. pressure's off, maybe it'll be a little... He can relax a bit more and, and things will, will happen. But I, I think another another thing is we need to give him the service as well. Like this last game that we played, he got the, a few chances, but the games before that, I was saying I don't think he he, he had much service, right? And he's not going to score if he doesn't get service. But then on the other side, you have Gomis, where he's getting one chance and scoring. Like he's played a total of like 10 minutes and he's scored two goals <laughs> and he's won us six points. So... I don't know. It is, like he said, it's it's a very tough situation. Do I think that Gomis has earned the right to start? I think so. I mean, probably would I start him? I don't I don't think I would. I, I would still ride this Seferovic train and try to get him in form because I think in the long haul he'll be more he'll be more useful than Gomis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh Gomis, I don't I don't know what to say about the guy. <laughs> I wrote him off, but he's coming in and he's won us six points so far. So Maybe he can just adapt to that role coming off the bench when we need him and trying to make something happen. Clearly, that's working. This, uh, is, this is the role that we've talked about, right? That starting Gomez, in my opinion, is the wrong move. He doesn't have the stamina to keep up with yeah. a 90-minute game. But subbing him in after, I don't know, after there's like 20, 10 minutes, maybe five minutes left, I think that's the ideal situation for him. He can mm-hmm. just use his experience, his body, because he still has energy left Bro, that ass. to make the most <laughs> to make the most out of whatever he gets. Just like this goal. Like who thought it would go in? It was pretty far off from goal. Yeah. And he still made it happen. That's I think his quality. That's that's the way we should use him. And Seferovic, well, I, I assume and I hope his confidence isn't rock bottom yet after just three games of him not scoring. I mean that that can happen, right? But just like Jana, I would I would still use Seferovic, as he mentioned before. I think he's more useful in the long term for us. Uh, we need him to play more minutes, and therefore I should just start him. Because if you're, let's say his confidence is rock bottom, what's the worst thing you can do? Just sub him off. Like that's that's not gonna help him, right? That's gonna make it only worse. Yeah. So yeah, just one goal and uh, pray for yeah, the best. It is a catch twenty two. Because so far we've only scored like two goals, one in each match that we've won. 
I think once we have a game that already has two or three goals, some confidence will be back in the team, some winning mentality, some some passion will come back a bit more, and then we'll see our. Uh, we have the uh, some possibility, some That's big chances, some big occasions. There, there's a small problem though. Okay, Gomez is coming off and starting in his head. He doesn't want to be, you know, a bench player. He wants to come and play off the rip. And if you don't, you're you're stuck in a situation where it's your player who's getting you these wins, these points, wants to play, and you're not going to play him. That's gonna that might create like you know a void between him and Okan. And and I don't know, I don't know. This Trabzon game, I would rather play Sef- Seferovic first, and then maybe bring uh, Gomez on the second half. Yeah. I wonder how much of that would be true though, as we know how old Gomez is already. I think he, yeah. he 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 conducts himself more as a role player, really, than uh, someone we're going to have for the future because his future is not going to last that long anyway. But but the the thing is, like exactly, I think Emre is like spot on. He could Gomez could be really unhappy, mm-hmm. but like what what's what's going to happen? Like he's going to be unhappy and and leave. Okay, where's it going to go? Well, you know, you're 40 years old. Like okay, hmm. you, you, so that's your option. You're either you're going to be a role player for us or nothing at all. So it's not like if Torreira or you know, one of these guys were, or like Kerem or Yunus or something, they were really unhappy. And okay, then it's a bit of a trickier situation. But with exactly. Gomez, it, you know, it is what it is. You're 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 approaching the end of your career, so. Yeah, and his last point about another striker being signed, I think there's rumors about Belotti and Icardi. I don't know if I want Icardi at all. Belotti, possible. Like, I would, I would like him. I'm telling you, I saw it in the eyes of Mertens and, and Torreira. <laughs> He was on that plane. Belotti was on that plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, for, for, for me, on these two players, I would like both. I mean, not like that I would want to say both because that would be very expensive. I think we'll run into financial problems. But I wouldn't say no to either. I do prefer Belotti over Icardi, but yes. mm-hmm. I wouldn't say no to Icardi. He's a world-class player coming from PSG. The only problem I might have with him is because he comes from such a club, might be his attitude problems, like the... In his work rate and other stuff. Also, his comes life. From Torino. We should get Wanda, his wife? bro. Yeah, his, his in his life he has problems with his manager, no? <laughs> Which is also his wife, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what yeah, a, what that's a, a great decision. Yeah, bro. <laughs> that cannot possibly go wrong at all. Yeah. Yeah. So far, uh, agents that are relatives haven't gone wrong. Like with Grilich, his father yeah. was his agent. Now it's his wife. Exactly. Who's next? I think Rabio from Juventus looking for a club. His agent uh, is a, is his mom, from what I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, that's different, though. Your mom's always looking out for you, no matter what. Conditional. Ah, mama's <laughs> boy. Ah, mama's I boy. am a mama's boy. What do you? What can I do? Genghis Undar is being discussed as well. That would be so weird for me. I don't know. Apparently, he's not having a good time with Tudor. And Tudor is mm-hmm. not having a good time at Marcia as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, they want to kill him over there. Exactly. Is he? I thought they won a game today. Let me see again. Yeah, but dude, they were like protesting for him to be out. Like they were going crazy over that. Yeah. You didn't? You missed that, Sally? They were trying to boot him out already, no, no, man. I do know that. Yeah. I do know that. There was yeah. I thought he already got kicked out. No. No, no, he's coach. And he hasn't lost yet, undefeated. Three games. Just saying. Mm. Classic two-door. Yeah, that's <laughs> typical, man. That's vintage what he's doing. Just wait until they play the derby. But yeah, it's not all about fitness and Bloody three man. points. Total football, man. Yeah, exactly, man. Hey, I, we're dwelling too much. I think uh, let's take the scores against Trabzon Spore and then we'll close it off. John. Oh, boy. Away to Trabzon. They're playing against Copenhagen as well before. Yeah, they might be a bit run down. They, man, they got smashed today 5 2 against Antalya. 
Yeah. You know, um, we're above them in the league, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is surprising. I'm going to say 0-0. It's a classic result. Let's put it that way. I've lost yeah. many, many bets because I yeah. gave Gala and ended up a draw. Welcome to Don't the club, buddy. Bet on your own team. Should know that by now. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I said 2-2, two, two, Ty. Mm. I, there's no way I don't see anyone scoring that derby. Okay. I never learned from history and my previous mistakes. <laughs> I'm going to say mm-hmm. after maybe 10 years of doing these predictions against Trabzonspor, which is a fucking curse, it <laughs> always ends up in a draw, but I'm still going to keep my optimism and say 3-1 for Gala. Oof. It's wide. time that Okan Buruk gels this team and shows us Sorry. Yeah. That leaves me. All right, let me think this truly. Um, Trabzon away, man. Just say it. You think we're going to get smashed? I know no, we're going to get smashed. Okay, I'm saying 1 2 Trabzon. 2 uh, 1 Trabzon. I think okay. we might lose. That's okay. what I'm saying. Because okay. so far, okay. the teams we've faced haven't been of the highest caliber, except for Antalya, which was tough, obviously. And we can't away. score, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we can't score really. So maybe we'll score yeah. another goal. But defensively, I have a few questions. So I think we might net in uh, two. Mm. All right. And there's also something that I had a call last night. I don't know if you guys know the, the wrestler Ray Mysterio. He wanted me to give this message to all our listeners. So, <laughs> Booyaka. What's up, my man? You know who this is, right? Yeah, I figured the mask gave it away. That's right, Bray Mysterio. Hey, I want to take this time right now to make a special announcement. I want to make sure that you know this and apply this to your daily life rule. There are two things that are very important in life. Please don't ever forget this, all right? Being a Rey Mysterio fanatic and being a Galatasaray champion, all right? <laughs> so, uh, Booyaka 619. All right. Booyaka, Booyaka. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I mean, uh, Ray Mysterio fanatic, I, I have nothing to do with wrestling. But the other one, Galatasaray, yeah, for sure. Thanks, bro. Man knows what's Thank up. You, man. man knows what's up. I don't know if you guys are into wrestling, but... Nope. I am. Mm. Uh, I am when I was right. younger. Not anymore. <laughs> it's all fake, bro. <laughs> don't let Ray that's what my dad that. always said always this why, why you watch some fake shit I'm like, yeah I just enjoy it man. Let, me, let me just be alright then it's time to say goodbye to all our listeners thank you for listening you can follow us on Twitter ask us questions on Twitter our handle is at the lion's den GS and surprise surprise we have a Patreon it's also patreon.com slash at the lion's den GS if you want you can support us if you don't no hard feelings but it's there if you want have a good day peace bye bye, bye.